Warning, this podcast is solely based on smut books. The definition of smut is a story that includes one or more sexually explicit scenes. This is a warning for all listeners to proceed with caution. There will be explicit content, sex talk, and triggering subjects. We will provide a trigger warning before each episode. This podcast is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Smut Sluts. We're your hosts. I'm Tisha. And I'm Corey. Welcome back to our podcast. (sighs) Ready for this one? Yeah. I'm sad. It was like a palate cleanser. Oh, for sure. The last one was like, break your fucking heart and stomp on it. And this one's like, okay, I'm going to mend it back together with some band-aids. Finding Nemo band-aids. Like shitty band-aids that kind of hold it together. But like, if you get it wet, it's fucked. Depends on the wet. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you putting band-aids on your vagina? (laughs) I'm trying to keep her together. I know. I do this every time with my mic. (laughs) Sorry. There we go. Hopefully that keeps it out of the way. All right. Now we're going to do this. (laughs) Are we? Are we? (laughs) At this point, I feel like you guys should know that we're just shit shows and it's never going to just go according to plan. So we're spicy disasters. We're classy. Okay. Classy. With a raunchy ass mouth. Raunchy ass mouth. (laughs) What you do with that mouth? (laughs) You don't want to (laughs) know. I don't want to say what I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. just say it. Come on. I can't put a dick in my mouth because one, I don't have one, and two, my gag reflex is too rough. Like, it would just, I would pull a you and puke all over a dick. <laughs> she went there. She went there. I've had a, a huge cup of coffee with an extra shot, so it's, it's going to be bouncing today. Hey, he put a ring on it, so. <laughs> it's fine. He, he liked the throwing up aspect. That's what got him. Okay. Sorry, Nick. Uh, sorry, Nick. I love you. <laughs> He's going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? No, no, like, I'm not fucking kidding Do you expect anything me. else? <laughs> nope. nope. If you do, we got to talk. Because seriously. Seriously. No, Okay. So today we are going to be covering It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover. This is going to wrap up the story of It Ends With Us and give us a little peace at mind. Yes. Yeah. And I love, like, because in my head, I was thinking this is going to be a shit show of a book because it's just going to be about, like, Lily not being able to, like, have sex with Atlas and stuff because of her trauma. Mm. And I was just like, I don't want to go through, like, them fighting and, like, not having a good relationship. But Colleen Hoover was like, nope, this book is going to be, like, a palate cleanser. It's going to be something that you need after reading It Ends With Us. And she wasn't even going to write a second book. But it got so big on all the social media platforms during COVID and people were demanding Atlas and Lily's happy ending. (laughs) So this is what we get. Like we get their happy ending, which they very well deserve. Absolutely. Like all I have to say is my life is parallel to Lily's besides my last relationship wasn't physically abusive. So all I have to say is I want the happy ending. Like I want that shit. Like bring it in real life, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we are doing it starts with us by Colleen Hoover. It's a contemporary romance. Yes. And the trigger warnings, there is domestic violence talk in bringing back what it ends with us had in it. It's not on the front side on this side. There is one scene kind of with him in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I really think that's the only trigger warning. Am I missing any other ones? I'm just going to say suicide because I don't remember if there is suicide, but last book there was. So we're just going to say that there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the main characters in this book are the same as it ends with us. So we have Lily, Ryle, and Atlas. Um, Emerson is one. And then there is Josh as well. Yes. So Emerson is Lily's and Ryle's daughter. Yes. And Josh is a new character that we get introduced to in yes. this book. And then we still have the sub characters. What the fuck are they called? Supportive characters. Is that what it is? I have no fucking clue. <gasps> There's a <laughs> word for it and I'm still fucking tripping on it. Which is Alyssa slash Elisa. Still don't know. I mean, the audiobook says Elisa, so I'm assuming that's what it is because I feel like Colleen Hoover probably had a say in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then Marshall and their daughter Riley. And then Lily's mom is also a big character in this book as well. And she gets a boyfriend. I can't I remember his name. It. I have Robert. it somewhere. Robert, I think. Rob. Rich. Dick. Dick. I don't know. We're just going to call him Dick, even though he's not a dick. Dick. You just want to dick. <laughs> you want this dick? What movie is that? I don't it's know. It's Paul Rudd. He's standing in the mirror and he's drunk. He's like, you want this dick? Maybe it's 40-year-old virgin? I don't think it's 40-year-old virgin. That's not sticking out to me. Okay. I don't know. Come on, you're my movie buff. Yeah. My movie buff brain isn't working because I like to think of... Yeah, I want some dick. <laughs> what about a dick? I had dick. <laughs> also, at work, I pulled Corey's name for the secret Santa, and I'm 110% getting her a vibrator. <laughs> if I have to open a vibrator in front of all of her co-workers... I'm not going to be there on the day we exchange gifts, so I'll just oh, give I'm it to you in privacy. I'm changing it. Okay, I won't change it. Change what? The day oh, that the we day do it. <laughs> if she gets me a vibrator and I have to open this in front of our entire staff, I'm going to say, no, nope, this is um 18 plus year mature age and no LDS oh. religion involved, so... You could be like, oh, you got me a back massager, thanks. Uh, <laughs> back massager down below. No power tools. <laughs> I hope it has a battery. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, man. Okay, let's get into the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the book... <laughs> okay, the book starts around... Did you just <laughs> I sure did. Maybe you shouldn't drink that much coffee and no food No drinking in the morning. Okay, so it starts right where it ends with us left off. So Lily told Atlas that she would call him later. He hasn't heard from her all day and he's nervous and that she's second guessing herself. Mm -hmm. So he ends up texting her, but she answers with a very short response. And to be fair, she was super busy at work. So mm -hmm. um, while he's having this low key panic attack in his brain, someone has vandalized his restaurant bibs, but he doesn't want to report it. Um, he thinks that it's someone that could be homeless and they're just hungry and they were just trying to get in to get some food mm -hmm. and he's been there, done that, so he doesn't want to call the authorities because he gets it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, he is starting a new restaurant and he's calling it Corrigan's, which is his last name. Um, and Lily is nervous to pursue anything with Atlas because she's scared of how Ryle will react, which is why the text was short and why mm -hmm. she hadn't reached out to him because she's like, oh my God, Ryle's going to beat the shit out of me or beat the shit out of Atlas. Right. And she doesn't want to disrupt the co-parenting relationship that they've created so well with each other so, at this far in the book. Mm -hmm. 
And once he finds out it's Atlas, it's going to be worse because to Ryle's mind, Atlas was the reason they brought up together. Yep. And she's scared that if they go to court, I mean, Ryle is this very well-known surgeon mm-hmm. and he's got tons of money. And so she's just like, he could easily take um, Emerson from me. Right. And she hadn't documented any of the abuse. Mm-hmm. So she has no proof. No police reports, nothing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, he still has a key to her apartment from when she was pregnant, and he is starting to overstep boundaries. He's mm-hmm. just coming in whenever he wants, and she's just like, bro, you can't do this. So one day she got home from work, and he was there putting Emerson to sleep, and she was like, listen, I need my key back. And he got pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, he became defensive and told her that he would take her to court for custody, and she threw it back at his face that she has been nothing but cooperative with him, and it screwed him over in the long run. Mm-hmm. So he calms down and asked if he could at least start start taking Emerson overnight and this really like this part like hurt my heart Mm -hmm. but she's like not until she can start um talking so that she can tell me if something happened and he looks hurt but like he understands so he leaves and the next day Atlas shows up at Lily's Lily's work (laughs) and brings her lunch and he calls it why are you avoiding me pasta (laughs) I love Atlas love him Um, She says that she wants to go on a date with him, but she explains why she's scared. And while they're talking, Elisa's like, hey, Ryle's on his way. (laughs) (laughs) So what does Lily do? Put him in a closet. (laughs) In a fucking closet. Poor Atlas. He's just a big guy. Has to go hide in a closet. (laughs) Like, really? Oh, my gosh. Yep. So... Ryle comes in and talks with them, and he asks about the pasta, mm-hmm. and Elisa tries to come in and hurry and correct it, but there's it doesn't match what the pasta is mm-hmm. at all. Like, come on, get your shit together, dumbass. It was a good cover-up. It was, kind but, of. <laughs> but he hurried and left because it's Ryle. He needs to get the fuck out of there. So Lily goes back to the closet, and Atlas pulls her in and is like, what's going on? And they're like, it's so I loved it. And she just explained that she how she is worried that Ryle's going to be upset and that she's scared of his reaction. And mm-hmm. Atlas just tells her, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm here for you in the long haul. Um, we also got to say, so we met some of Atlas's friends in It Ends With Us mm-hmm. when they were playing poker. And Brad, who has Theo. Oh, yes. So Theo's seven? Twelve. Twelve. Wow. I'm off. <laughs> um, he is Atlas's therapist because he wants to be a therapist so they have these therapy sessions and it's hilarious so funny i'm like okay i like theo he's like making fun of him for some of the shit that he Uh said to her he's like bro you are never gonna get her if you talk to her like that right (laughs) i wish i would have wrote some of them down i did it i might have throughout here but so theo and atlas are talking and atlas pretty much assumes that theo is gay Mm -hmm. and he doesn't come out and say it he respects his boundaries and just tells him like your dad's a good man but it will he will take it well Mm -hmm. pretty much which was awesome so going through the book lily has also started journaling again Mm -hmm. to ellen which i love they her and atlas are just starting to rebuild their relationship but at a very not a slow pace but also not like jump head first in. yeah yeah she tells him that she wants to take it slow yeah. and he's respecting that boundary and he this is he also tells lily at this point about the vandalism and explains like 
he doesn't want to report it because they watch the security footage and it looks like a young kid. And he doesn't want to put that young kid in a position where he was. Mm-hmm. And my heart was just, I love such that. a good person. <laughs> okay. Such a good person. Yeah. So after the closet incident, he tells her that he'll call her later and she's waiting and waiting. It's like 1030 at night. She's like, bro, I'm tired. So she's like washing her face and like doing a face mask and stuff. And then he starts FaceTiming her and she's like, that motherfucker. <laughs> so she answers the phone and she's got a full blown like face mask. On. I love it. <laughs> and um, she ends up reading him an entry from her Ellen journal. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely smitten and wants to read all of them. But she's embarrassed and tells him that she will think about it. And he's just like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see how you were feeling, like, because I know how I was feeling at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And so um, her mom was going to watch Emmy when they went out to the date, but um, she got sick. So Elisa offers to watch her. So she's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. So Atlas wants to take her to a restaurant he's never been to. And it's about a 40 minute drive. They start talking. Um, but Atlas gets a call from one of his restaurants about the freezer breaking. So he's making phone calls, trying to get someone over to like fix it and everything. And when he gets off the phone, he looks over and Lily's assed out in the car. She's fucking snoring. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And he's like, she obviously really needed this sleep. Like she's a single mom. She owns a business. Like she's really tired. So he's like, I'm just going to let her sleep. And she had brought some of her Ellen journals with her on the date. And she was like, I'm going to give them to you at the end of the night. You cannot read them in front of me. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So he pulls up to the restaurant and he pulls out the Ellen journals. He's like, I'll just let her sleep for a little bit. And he starts reading them. And at this point, he's getting so into the Ellen journals. He calls the restaurant and cancels the reservation. I love it. He's like, I'm just going to let her sleep. When she wakes up, we can just go get like a burger or something. Mm-hmm. So he's just reading these journals and he gets a few entries in about the first kiss and decides to write her a journal entry on his phone. I love it. So about an hour later, Lily finally wakes up and she feels absolutely awful for falling asleep on their first date. And he's like, it's the best first date that I've ever had. And she sees that he's been reading the Ellen journals and she's like, oh my God. Why would you do that? I know. (laughs) And he's like, if you're that embarrassed, like, let me read you the journal that I wrote. So it explains his past with his mom Mm -hmm. and how Lily was the person that gave him hope in life. And first person that ever really made him feel like he mattered and Lily is in tears when she's done reading it honestly I was in tears when I, was I did too I was like Alice I just want to give him a hug it's so, just true love I know so they go and get burgers and she goes home and it was literally like the best first date ever she got a nap I would love it if I could take a nap on a date <laughs> Be like, but then amazing. you're missing out on the possibility that it's possibility. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the possibility of where the first date could go. Yeah, you're not the first date, second date maybe. Yeah. Okay, I'll just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they get burgers and she mm. goes to go home. And when Lily gets to Elisa's house, Ryle is there with Emerson. Emerson sleeping on his chest and she's upset about it but mm-hmm. she's also like you can't be upset about it it is his sister's house that is his daughter it mm-hmm. is what it is and um they're watching Finding Nemo I love it I know so Ryle asks to speak with Lily and so they go out into or to the rooftop that's where they went is the rooftop and she asks or he asks her if she was on a date and she's like nope and he realizes that Lily had picked Emmy's middle name based off of Finding Nemo, which mm-hmm. was her name's Emerson Dory Bloom. 
right? I'm sorry, but why? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're naming your daughter's middle name Dory, like, it's cute in Finding Nemo. And anybody who's named middle name or whatever is Dory, there's no judgment. It's just not a personal thing <laughs> that you me. would pick. No. <laughs> That's it. I'm changing Ella's middle name to Dory. <laughs> Be like Tasha. Tasha. We need to talk. <clears throat> okay. So he's getting mad because mm-hmm. he's like, you named her Dory after Atlas and we are going to change her middle name. And she's like, no, it was not for Atlas. It was not for you. It was for me. Like Dory was a really big character growing up in my life. It like just keeps swimming. She got me through a lot of hard times. Mm-hmm. And that is why I named Emerson after her. Mm-hmm. And he is still angry, but he starts to calm down and he ends up leaving. And while, or when he leaves, she goes back into the hallway um, by Marshall and Elisa's door and she has a full blown breakdown. She's on the floor Mm -hmm. crying and Marshall walks out to take the trash out and he's like, "Uh, I'm not good at this. (laughs) (laughs) But he sits down and talks to her and like calms her down, gives her some really good advice with humor in it because it's Marshall. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like, no, you are pretty good at this, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> I love Marshall. I do, too. He's one of those, like, characters that, like, he's a side character, but when he talks, you're just like, oh, I like you. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So, with Marshall coming out, he also explains that Elisa had... Elisa? Is that what we're saying? I guess we're saying Elisa. It's Whatever. stuck in my head because of the audiobook. I think mine, too. <laughs> had cheated on him in college. Mm-hmm. And that they worked through it. But he never wanted to hurt her. And there is nothing that she could have ever done that would ever excuse Ryle's behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, he, what he did is not okay. Like, Marshall is team Lily 100%. And so is Elisa. I and love I, it. I do, too. Because when you're in those situations, having that support system mm-hmm. is imper- imperative. Is that the right word? Sure. Fuck, I don't know. It is now. Cool. <laughs> It's, you have to have it. If you're going to be leaving an abusive relationship and you don't have that support system, it's probably a million times harder for you to one, get out of it, stay out of it. Because if you're, you don't have a support system, you're probably more likely to go be back in it because it's comfortable. It's what you know. It's just like her mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So now with Atlas, his mother comes back into play. This fucking bitch. Cunt. You said it. I hate that word. I wish I could feel more comfortable using it. Cunt. Thanks. Cunt. <laughs> How about moist? Moist doesn't bother Moisty me. Moisty cunt. A I think moist if you said a pussy cunt. cunt, I would be more like, ooh, because I don't like the word pussy. Like, if that's- moist pussy cunt. <laughs> is like gross. <laughs> oh my god. There's gonna be a lot of bleeps on that one. <laughs> yep, there is. It's gonna be like a beep, 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 beep. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and this is where we also find out now that he has a little brother. This is where Josh comes into play. He's Atlas's like half brother from Tim. Yeah. Which was Atlas's stepdad. <laughs> the fucking asshole that kicked him out. Yep. So his mom explained that he ran away. He's eleven years old. And the father, Tim, had left years ago. Mm -hmm. People like this should not have kids. And the saddest part about it is, is people who can have kids are in these situations. And the people who would make great parents and be so loving and fulfilling to that child 
can't. Mm-hmm. And it is so sad. Like it is sad. I hate the fact that like a child who is innocent has to go through this stuff. Yeah, they are completely independent. No, dependent on you. They're right. not independent. Kids are not independent. <laughs> no. They think they are, but, but they they're just these sweet little innocent souls that just need you to to help them guide them through life. Like right. But when you set them up for failure in this, you're not just creating a problem with their life, like their expectations through life. You're giving them trauma. Mm-hmm. You're giving them so many emotional corruptions in their development at this point that if they are how Atlas has been moving up through the world and becoming this man, mm-hmm. this wonderful man, mm-hmm. he took pride in himself. He, he didn't want the that. fucking cycle. Exactly. But how many people break the cycle? Not very you know many. I mean? Like, it's just sad. Like It is sad. These kind of books are hard for me to read because I broke the cycle. So, like, it's hard. I, it's too relatable for me that for a book to be that close to me is hard. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to say, go fuck somebody with a gun real quick. <laughs> and that's my type of book. I love Colleen Hoover and I love these books, but you like, really need to read Den of Vipers. <laughs> <laughs> the only gun scene I've read is hunting. Yeah. Adeline. And, and you loved it. Dude, within, I was fucking oh. wetter than a Niagara Falls. I'm changing oh, something on I there. too. <laughs> I think it might have to be a top six. Yeah, I don't right. know. <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, um, I think it's relatable for me, not in like the same aspect as you, mm-hmm. as being a mom. Because right. like I think about that shit happening to my kids, mm-hmm. and it literally makes me want to curl up in a corner and ball my mm-hmm. eyes out. Because like my goal in life is to protect them and raise them to be the best humans that they possibly can. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so the fact that people just don't even give two fucking shits. People have kids as a tax write-off. Like, yeah, no. People have kids to have kids to say they're a fucking parent because that's what the society teaches you is you should be married. You should have kids. You should be a parent. You should go to school. You should do this. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. If you cannot emotionally, physically, mentally, financially sustain a child, close your goddamn legs Mm -hmm. or plug it. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Wrap the fucking dick. Don't have a child if you are not in a position to do that. And I understand the circumstances that... There are those weird chances where something happens. Mm-hmm. Or like rape or yeah. something. That's understandable. But you have options. There are so many different things to where you can help yourself. Yeah. There's resources out yeah. there. And I think that's one of those things is with this, like, that's what I have a hard time with within this book is just knowing that there. this is real life. This is mm-hmm. severely close to real situations. And I think sometimes we all, all of us as humans, blind ourselves to the fact that there are people out there who have to live this life. Mm -hmm. There are people who have come from this life and did a 180. And there are people who came from this life and are drug addicts or alcoholics. And you can't judge somebody on it. You can't judge a person just because. I saw this post on Facebook. Sorry, we were going on a tangent here. But it was this sorry guy that grew up and his dad was addicted to meth and like in a really big gang. Mm-hmm. And he was raised in that. His mm-hmm. The only thing that his dad ever taught him was how to survive in prison. Mm-hmm. And so he got 
tatted from head to toe. He started, you know, in the drug trade. He was in a gang. He ended up going to prison. And when he got out, he, I'm not a religious person, but he found God and did a complete 180. Got married, had kids. He's very active in his church. He's very successful. And I'm just like, that's the shit I like to see. Right. But do you know how hard it is oh, yeah. to internally do like, the work? Yeah. Unlearn everything mm-hmm. you've ever known mm-hmm. and learn how to be a productive member of society right. and a good person. And it's the same thing in within the story. Like, like Atlas. Atlas, Josh, Lily, they all came from a corrupted childhood. Mm-hmm. And when you come from a corrupted childhood, when you get older, the hard part is, is we get in a comfort zone where we fall back into place with what we know mm-hmm. and what is expected of us. We say, and I'm a fucking statistic and I'm going to say it just like that because that's the truth of it. Mm-hmm. I swore when I was 18, my parents got divorced, that I was never, ever going to be in a relationship with an alcoholic, an abusive person. I demanded to be treated like a queen. Mm -hmm. But guess what the fuck I did? (laughs) I fell into the statistic and got where I was comfortable and fell into the alcoholism and certain types of abuse that were just didn't need to be there. And so to see like people like Atlas coming up and above it is amazing Mm -hmm. to see. Hopefully Josh gets out of it with the help and leadership of Atlas. I hate it. It's so hard because it's hard. It's just hard because it's so this is deeply connected to me. So like just from my experience in life. So it's hard. Like I could go on and on about this. (laughs) I seriously could. That's why we created a podcast. (laughs) But it's like if if you don't understand these type of books or these situations or have a heart, you're not going to connect with these books very well. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I have to stay quiet. I, you know, I'm not a social media person. I don't comment on shit. I don't, I very rarely post whatever, but seeing like there's a Colleen Hoover Facebook page and people, or it starts with us Facebook page and people are like, I loved Ryle. I don't know why she couldn't just help him change or just a whole bunch of shit. And it's like, are you fucking dumb? <laughs> like really? It's, it's not that simple. What do you want? (laughs) But it's one of those where it's just like, you can't, you can't make somebody change. You can't sit there. You can have your opinions about Ryle and that's great. Yeah. But you can't make him change. And you didn't take from the book what the message was. Yeah. And I can understand where people are like, I want Ryle to change in this and that because I was in the same boat. Like in the beginning, I was like, I really fucking like Ryle. But then Mm -hmm. after he started doing the shit that he was doing, I was like, no, Mm -hmm. fuck that guy. Because Mm -hmm. people like that, unless they are actively getting help, which Ryle was not, Mm -hmm. they are never going to change. And they also, very much on top of that, they victim shamed Lily. Mm-hmm. Okay, he hit you one time. Why the fuck didn't you leave? Well, fuck you. Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever been so in love with somebody and they've made this one mistake? You're going to jeopardize your love for somebody and that good person that they are and the soul that they are because of one aspect. Mm-hmm. You, that's the point of this book mm-hmm. is to teach you these kind yeah, of shit. Like, we just went on a huge tangent. Yeah. My first boyfriend was <laughs> so incredibly emotionally and mentally abusive. And I went back three times. Like I left and went back. I left and went back. And 
he did start becoming physically abusive, not to mm-hmm. me, but to others that mm-hmm. I, I had heard of. And so like I got out at the right time, but it's not that simple. I've changed. No. I promise I've changed. I've changed. Oh, maybe he really has. Go back because you're in love. And no, nothing's fucking changed. Dude, I hate this because I just did this for six and a half years of my goddamn life. And I'm just sitting here. You're saying this and you're like going on. I'm like, huh, six and a half years. <laughs> My next seven just better be full of bliss, happiness, and, and fucking. orgasms. <laughs> Seriously, you were thinking it. I know you said it, <laughs> but really, like it. You don't see it until you're ready to see it. You're not going to change it until you're ready to change it. But once you change it, your life becomes so happy and blissful. Even if I'm vibrating myself to death, it's fine. I am by myself and happy. I am great. I mean, I wouldn't mind a penis, but I'm going to just shut the fuck up now. She's vibrating herself. Corey. Cause of death. Vibrated herself to death. out of my mouth. You're still vibrating in your casket. <laughs> Please make sure I do. If I die young oh my and you find me dead in the shower because I electrocuted myself <laughs> with a vibrator or something, please just make sure it's funny when I die. <laughs> has a brother she's like I, you should know that you have a brother you know like bah, bah, bah. you knew that i was pregnant bah, bah, bah. and he's like well you've never fucking mentioned anything right i don't talk to you i haven't seen you and who god knows how long mm-hmm. like why would i know that i have a brother and she's like whatever but he ran away and i need to know if you know where he is because i'm gonna get in trouble with the law for truancy is that what it was called I think so. Something like that. She's like, so I need help finding him. Mm -hmm. And that's when Atlas puts two and two together that the vandalism Mm -hmm. that has been happening is probably from Josh. And he's probably lashing out because he's like, huh, Atlas knows about me Mm -hmm. and he's never been there for me. And asshole was spelled the same way his mom did it. Yeah. Which was incorrect. (laughs) I don't think we mentioned that in the beginning. Nope. We didn't. They had spray painted the word asshole on the side of bibs but it was spelled w-h-o-l-e and that's how his mom had used to spell asshole i'm glad you remember how they spelled it yes i didn't it's like whore but with an l (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome i don't think i caught that the entire book (laughs) okay so he tells his mom that she needs to go back to the hotel that they've been staying at in case he shows back up and she's like well we haven't been staying there because i can't afford it and he's like here's some money just go back Mm -hmm. and i will start looking for him and i wrote down she's a cunt (laughs) (laughs) yes she is so he goes back to the alley of the restaurant and he's upset about the whole situation he's like i should have been there for him but i didn't even know he existed Mm -hmm. like where the fuck am i gonna find him i don't want him to go back to her because she is a see you next tuesday Mm -hmm. and lily facetimes him at this point their FaceTime. And I know. He tries to look okay, but she can tell that something's wrong. And also, he can tell that she has been crying. And he's like, what the fuck has happened in the past hour? We just had the best date of our life. Mm-hmm. And now, we're both, like, visibly upset. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that he's going to come and give her a drive-by hug. Dude, it's so cute. <laughs> can I have a drive-by hug, please? Right. So, she gives him her address, and he shows up at her house and gives him a hug. And that's literally, like, what they do. Like, mm-hmm. just 
a drive-by hug. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. And he kisses her Mm -hmm. collarbone where her tattoo is, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know about that tattoo yet. So neither of them want to bother the other of why their nights have turned out so shitty. So Lily gives him some journals to keep him entertained tonight, and he goes back to Bibbs and is planning on sleeping there so he can catch the person who's been vandalizing his property, mm-hmm. which he still thinks is Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlas starts to read the journals, and he's always... What? <laughs> he's always to himself. He left Lily to protect her. I don't know. Huh? I don't know what the fuck I wrote down. Anyways, he's always been, like, regretful that he couldn't protect Lily because he Mm -hmm. left. Mm -hmm. And he didn't realize at that point how much it had hurt her when he left. Mm -hmm. But reading these journals, it's really, like, opened his eyes about it. Mm -hmm. So as he's reading these, a little kid walks up in the alley and is about to spray paint the bibs. And Atlas is like, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that, man. <laughs> and it is Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just explains to Josh that he didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, And Atlas is like, no, for reals, dude. Like, let me make you some food. And so he takes him inside, makes him some food, starts asking him some questions about his life and what he's doing. And then he offers to have him stay at mm-hmm. his house. And Josh takes him up on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with Lily, she's struggling with her divorce and sharing her daughter, which I feel like any parent would. Mm-hmm. I've never been divorced, nor do I have a child, but I can sim- sympathize mm-hmm. and understand it. Um, so her mom takes Emmy to give her a break, and Lily calls Atlas to see what he's doing, and this is where she learns about Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Atlas is also looking to get custody of Josh at this point. I fucking love Atlas, dude. I know. He's such a good person. He is. So Atlas is realizing at this point that Josh doesn't trust him. So she's try- he's trying to get him to open up and talk to him and be like, hey, dude, like, you can trust me. I'm mm-hmm. here. I'm on Team Josh. Yeah. You know, which is the biggest thing for him. Um, he asked what his fight with his mom was about, like why he ran away. But Josh didn't really say why. They just... She's a bitch. Yeah. Um, And he explained why he vandalized him because he felt exactly how you said. Atlas knew about him. He vandalized it to get his, to say, fuck you, but blah, blah. And Atlas did tell Josh that he has to quit swearing. 11-year-old swearing (laughs) is pretty bad. Also, he finds out that he's 12 and the mom didn't know his actual age. Okay. I didn't write that down. Good job. Good job. I dismembered. Do Do you need a little... She's panting from my touch. (laughs) Okay. So Atlas had to try to drop Josh off at his mom's. Yeah, because he knew if he didn't, he could get a kidnap charge and he would never be able to get custody. Yeah, but when Josh went up to the door... His mom slapped him and shoved him in the room. And Atlas was like, uh-uh, big brother's Saw coming red. out. Yeah. <laughs> so he went and got Josh and took him away and pretty much told... Like, he legit shoved his mom and put her ass down. Mm-hmm. He was like, no. Mm-hmm. Josh, let's go. And took Josh and... He was bleeding. Yep. And he wanted to get him to the hospital to document it. Because in these types of situations, you have to have documentation. If you're going to go up against a parent, you have to have that to prove to the courts Mm -hmm. that they do get hurt in their, not custody, in their home life, in their care. Did you just say whore life? Home life. God (laughs) damn. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck did I just hear? Maybe I'm hearing the earmuffs. That escalated. (laughs) Earmuffs. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Oh, God. Okay. 
So, um, can I add something? Yep, go ahead. Um, at this point, we know also that Josh doesn't want to go back to live with his mom. Mm-hmm. He wants to go and live with his dad. Oh, yeah. But he knows nothing about his dad, and yeah. Atlas knows what his dad is like, but mm-hmm. he's not going to be that person to ruin it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants him to be able to see it for himself, because mm-hmm. then Josh can start resenting Atlas for saying, no, you're not going to him, you're not going to him. Right. Um, so now we go back to Elisa, and she wants Lily to tell Ryle about Alice. Mm-hmm. She is encouraging it, and Lily's like, no, you obviously don't know your brother, because I'm not going to do that. But she's saying do it through a text message, and I'm sorry, but I would do it with a whole fucking group of people mm-hmm. around me with the way Ryle reacts. Yes. Um, Atlas brings some lunch, and Elisa helps Lily invite <laughs> Josh, Atlas, Jesus, to Lucy's wedding. Mm-hmm. Lucy was her old roommate who's now an employee and of course he's like okay and we also learn atlas is trying to enroll josh into school so he does enroll him into school him and theo They're are friends the same grade they yes. become friends i kind of like got an inclination that they might end up together and that's just my own personal perception i don't of think this. she's going to continue this world i don't think she will either if we're lucky we got this yeah but i i just got that from some of the insinuations that were made i don't know because at the end of the book josh is like making out with girls and stuff like that but what if that's his cover-up that's true you never know i could just see it like maybe i'm just uh optimistic romantic oh i am for sure hopeless (laughs) romantic dude 100 percent 100 okay um theo explains that josh is a bully to the bullies and Mm -hmm. that he doesn't have to worry about josh in school and i love it because i feel like he is protecting theo yeah like i really (laughs) so they are getting ready for the wedding and lily's getting dressed and atlas (laughs) sees her tattoo now the tattoo in a way is tainted now yeah because Ryle fucking bit her, the cocksucking son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. And it scarred. Mm-hmm. And so he, Atlas asked her about the tattoo and understands now Lily explained to him why Ryle bit that tattoo because he had read everything in the journals and Atlas is internalizing it and blaming himself. Yeah, he like shuts down and she's like, oh my God, did I do something uh-huh. wrong? Are we fighting? And he's yeah. just like, it was my fault. And she's mm-hmm. like, it was not your fault. Yeah. And Lily explains at this point that all of their fights were because of what he read of Atlas. Mm-hmm. And he was threatened when there was nothing. But Lily explains thinking of Atlas is what got her through everything. <laughs> you have to have that silver line. You have to have that little hope to mm-hmm. get through them. Yeah. So they kiss and they uh, don't stop it kissing. It is cute. And, but they need to go to the wedding. So they go to the wedding and they're like, we're going to leave an hour early. Nobody will notice. Yeah. So they go back and he's like, I'm going to call the boys and just tell them I'm going to be a little late. So Because Theo and Josh are home alone. Yeah. <laughs> I love this part. And... <laughs> Lily is freaking out because she hasn't done anything since Ryle. Yeah. And blurts out she doesn't know what to do next. Can I tell you during the scene, this is going to be me. To you. 100%. I, we actually, my family and I had this conversation last night. Like, I do not, I'm going to have to be honestly probably shit-faced or some liquid courage <laughs> to have sex with somebody because it's just, I don't know what to do with my hands. Do, do you want me to cup your balls or your, or your head? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, the exactly. I I Just get, cup them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing it right? Do you want me to tickle a little? Tickle, tickle. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but 
really? One time Nick was like, I can't remember what he said. He's like, you're so romantic. And I was like, I know. And I walked up behind him and grabbed his butt and went, and he was like, see, you're very romantic. I'm like, thank you. Thanks, man. Dude, I, I can't even flirt to save my life. Could you imagine me getting to the point... Literally to kiss somebody new, I'm gonna have to watch YouTube tutorials and be like that kid with the pillow learning how to kiss again. So if you walk in on Corey making out with her pillow, Bria, don't ask questions. I'll lock my door. But Dax that walks in like, what the fuck is wrong with you, sissy Corey? Hi. <laughs> no, I. It, it, this part was just hilarious to me because it really is gonna be me. <laughs> Like, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So he's like all looking all good in the doorway and she's like, okay, I could do this. And so she goes into the closet <laughs> to take her dress off and the lights burnt out. So she, and she doesn't have her cell phone to do the lights. So she just starts trying to get undressed in the dark. And as she's pulling the dress up over, the zipper gets caught in her hair. And so she's like, uh, this. <laughs> Help me, Rhonda, help me. So Atlas comes and saves the day. So then we get to the hot and heavy with them making out on I the bed. I wouldn't really say hot and heavy. Colleen but. Hoover style hot and heavy. <laughs> Spice is like a hmm. It didn't make me trick very hard. It was like a page long. When yeah. I'm used to reading like 15 to 20 pages long of sex. Yeah. No as I tell. Oh, 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 and they're done. <laughs> oh, oh, penetration! Oh, just kidding. First one done. Have you seen Blue Mountain State? <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyways, they fuck. They do it. They have They did sex. the deed. Her breast milk did spill all over, too, <laughs> while they were making out on the bed. And then they went to the couch, and that's when I went. Yeah. So, anyways, um, after Lily and Alice are talking, and he explains that he's trying to get custody of, Atlet, of Josh, <laughs> of himself. Um, and they talked about her dad and the last night when he beat Atlas and how he reported her father. The power just glitched. Did it? Yeah. I thought it was my eyeballs. <laughs> I had my eyes closed because I was laughing. Um, but the cop pretty much told Atlas he wouldn't be the one getting charged with anything, which is fucking bullshit. But yeah. that one shows you how your reputation affects can affect cops because this is a true thing. Mm -hmm. Not saying all cops are bad. Not at all. But in those certain situations, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. This can happen. Yeah. So Lily fell asleep and Atlas left her a note. Lily wakes up to somebody pounding on the door. Mm -hmm. And hazmus calls her Ryle, so she knows that it's Ryle at the door yeah so she goes to open the door and he's like where's emmy and he she's like with my mom like calm down but then he sees her underwear and clothes on the couch two wine glasses and he asked if somebody saved the night and lily told him that is not really his business like he can't ask that it's her apartment so he left and came back and was like is it him and Lily said she wouldn't have been unfaithful because he's saying, was it him the whole time? Like he is creating scenarios in his mm -hmm. head. He's literally a pathological liar to where he is understanding himself saying she cheated on me the whole time. Yeah. Creating like, these. These scenarios are real in his brain. Mm -hmm. And she said that she wouldn't have been faithful. She left him because she deserved better. And can I tell you, I just shared her on the scene because I'm like, oh, you have to break the cycle by sticking up for yourself. Yeah. You do. Lady balls. Oh, I just 
stuck my straw in my nose. <laughs> and it's on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like to snort my coffee sometimes. <laughs> Does it help? Mm-mm. Should I try it? Mm-mm. Just kidding. <laughs> She's a shit show. I think I just got coffee on the Struggle bus in real hard up in her. All right. This is a serious scene and I'm fucking it up. Okay. So Ryle pushes her against the door and is in a way choking her, mm-hmm. um, putting pressure on her throat and holding her there. And he's pissed off and she starts getting triggered, which she wouldn't get triggered by this. And he realized what he's done and he's trying to calm down. And he left and she just shuts the door and locks him out. Yeah. Like, this is the problem with abusive relationships is people think you leave the relationship, but you don't. Mm-hmm. That abuse. Especially when you have kids. Exactly. The abuse continues. Mm-hmm. My parents have been separated for, I think, 10 or 11 years and the abuse still continues. Yeah. Luckily on our end, it's not physical at this point. It's just emotional abuse, which is just as damaged. Yeah. Damaging. But that's the hardest thing is if you have kids in these situations, they don't just end there. You have to continue with it long term. And these people, the abuser, don't realize that they're the abusers. They mm-hmm. think they, they're they the victim. Yeah. Which is bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I fucked up and I read this book and I got so excited towards the end. I didn't do any of my notes. Yeah. I'm just going to finish this really quick and then you do that. (laughs) So Lily calls her mom because she's upset. She's freaking out. Like she doesn't want any to go there. Well, Ryle's there. It's just a shit show. Yeah. So they meet her at a park and her mom's like, what happened? And Lily told her mom that she's seeing someone. She's not ready to tell her it's Atlas though. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know if she'll remember if she'll, how she'll feel about it. Um, And she explained that Ryle Ryle found out and that he's not happy about it and that his reaction was scary. Mm -hmm. And her mom told her that she admires her, what she did for herself and for Emmy, and that it makes her sad that she never left earlier in her own situation. And I cried. Uh This, This scene made me cry. And it's a short, sweet, bittersweet scene. Yeah. But it's such a heartfelt moment because her mom is recognizing. Yeah. Watching... I've really, I, it's hard for me because I can resonate with a lot of this. My mom is realizing a lot of the things because I say things to where she has these same feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard because I'm like, this is like my life in a book. Not to a T, but I'm just like, fuck. I, I'm reading the most dark, fucked up, twisted, motherfucking sexy <laughs> book after this one. Like, I am not. We need some sexy sex. <sighs> yes. But I also need my vibrator, so I might have to wait for Christmas. <laughs> December 12th. I got you. Actually, I won't be here, so maybe the 13th or the 14th. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, so Atlas is helping Josh do his homework, and it's supposed to be an ancestry tree. And Josh is like, um... I don't have mm-hmm. family. Like, I don't, where do I even start? Mm-hmm. I don't know my dad. I know Sutton is what they call her, which is their mom. They use her last name. I don't know. I don't know if that's I her first name or last name. But they call her Sutton. Uh, for the first time I heard it in the audiobook, I'm not going to lie. I totally thought they were calling her Satan. <laughs> I, mean, hey, I was like, wait, really? And I'm like, oh, it's Sutton. Sutton. Because like, I looked in the book. And I was like, oh, light bulb. Light bulb. <laughs> Did we just say that at the same time? You did. <laughs> you both did. Yes. Okay, so um, Lily calls Atlas at this point, and she asks if she can come over with Emmy because she 
doesn't really know where else to go and he knew something was wrong but mm-hmm. he tells her like yes of course like here's my address so Lily gets there and she's crying and she tells him that Ryle knows about them too and that he's really upset so he brings her and Emmy inside and the way he describes seeing Emmy like this made me cry like having kids and getting divorced and starting a life with somebody else all you fucking want is someone that's going to treat your kids like you're their own and mm-hmm. i have that mm-hmm. and so the feeling that you get from it like when the kids like yesterday my son says mom i'm really happy that you and nick are going to marry because mm. that means me and him can fight forever Aww. and i literally wanted to cry and then ella right. chimes in when you get married does that mean you die and i was like wait a little <laughs> oh, the moment jesus <laughs> i love ella nick was up. like kind of it's <laughs> like fuck off anyways <laughs> so i mean just having that yeah it is seriously the best feeling in the whole entire world, especially. Oh, sorry, I just fall. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> She's Tell a small word, guys. Without telling me you're immature. <laughs> Anyways. Especially having it on the other side of things as well. Like my kid's bonus mom, she's amazing to my kids. And so mm-hmm. just just having that, like, oh my gosh, this whole scenario just hit me right yeah. in the feels. Anyways, so she ends up, or Lily meets Josh and Atlas is asking her what happened and Lily tells him that she, like, tells him and explained what had happened and he notices that Lily is scared and what he's asking, like, what... Uh, Ryle did that scared her so she tells him everything that had happened and that she thought that he was going to hit her and so Atlas is seeing red because Mm -hmm. that's his baby girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he tells her that she should take Ryle back to court for supervised visitations and no overnights and she's still on the fence about Mm -hmm. it because of everything but she's starting to feel like maybe that is what she should do for Emmy's benefit Mm -hmm. um And he promises her that nothing will change or scare him away from being with her, even if Ryle gets all fucking crazy. Um, And Josh is playing with Emmy, and she falls asleep against Alice. And when she wakes up, Emmy is sleeping on Alice's leg. And he's like, I've been here for an hour. My leg is asleep, and I'm not moving. I love it. It's so cute. It's like... I don't have kids, but I can just understand, like, the love... I'm such an empathetic person, like, just the love that somebody else could have for your kids or a child in general. Seeing a man love a child to take her or him on as their own or love them, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I want a baby. Can I just have a love already, please? Can I have Ella? Mm. <laughs> Please take her. Mm-mm. Now that she's four, hopefully she'll calm the fuck down. Um, nope, that is your demon child. <laughs> My I demon love, child. <laughs> I love Ella. I just hear all the stories. She's really she's a cute baby. She scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, Ryle shows up at the flower shop trying to apologize for his shitty text messages. He went the fuck off. Oh, and yeah. This shit is so triggering. Like, it's literally like my dad in Ryle, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Okay. Um, but she makes a comment that she is talking to a lawyer. So he gets upset. But before he leaves, he says, I'm a neurosurgeon, and she's a flower shop owner, and that he pays for her apartment she lives in, so go ahead. 
what Ooh. a fucking douchebag. Like, really? And I want a book about Ryle. Why? And I love her response to that. Have you seen her <laughs> yes. response? It is fucking, I spit. Phenomenal. <laughs> I'm a spitter. Can I spit on that? Make it wet real quick. <laughs> But Ryle will not get his own book because he doesn't deserve it. Mm-mm. His childhood was good. What led him to be the way he is, he does not deserve the time, the energy, the aspect it would take her to write a book. And what the fuck is she going to talk about? <laughs> I'm getting mad. I am because I fucking hate it. Ryle does not deserve that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve his own story. Does he deserve to be happy? Absolutely. But for him to deserve a happy ending, he has to do a lot of internal work. And I'm sorry, I don't want to read it. No, I don't. Nope. You're a piece of shit. Yep. <sighs> What's that, motherfucker? What's that? Okay, so Lily. <laughs> so Lily calls Atlas and tells him that Ryle's pissed. And Ryle shows up at the restaurant. And Atlas is like, okay. We're going to handle this like a grown-ass man. I'm not going to get pissed off. I'm going to kill him with kindness. So they go out back and Ryle punches Atlas. And instead of Atlas swinging back, he says, look, man, I don't want to fucking fight you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm. let's talk. <laughs> the grown men. Okay. There is a time and place for fighting, right? I would say. Right now. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, bitch. <laughs> you scare me. <laughs> All five feet of you. <laughs> I'll fucking fight you like a spider monkey, yeah. bitch. Watch it. You squat and stuff. I sit on my ass. <laughs> Do nothing. Uh-oh. Anyways, <laughs> I think I would have to say it is more attractive and more panty wedding for a man to handle the situation as Atlas did Mm -hmm. of being the man, no fists being thrown and talking it out rather than fighting. There is a time and place if the fighting is necessary. If you're defending somebody or yourself, that's great. But all of the situations do not need to be handled in a confrontational way of fighting. I am not a fighter. I'm a lover, but you fucking push me and I will fight. I've never, the two people I've ever punched in my life are my family, my dad and my brother. (laughs) How sad is that? But, and they both got black eyes. (laughs) I had to say that because I'm taking my arm on that. Shit. Gotta make a positive out of the negative, right? <laughs> but that this scene to me just grew my respect for Atlas. Like it really shows like their sides like of who they are. Because right. Ryle's an abusive fuck and he's the one that throws the punch. Atlas is a very calm, level headed, kind person and he's like, I'm not fighting you. And it's like, whoa, where'd you come from? You could see it. Where are the Atlases in real life? I think I have one. I want one. <laughs> Can they just be on the shelf so I can pick one? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Ryle tells him that marriage isn't perfect and that Atlas told him that he wouldn't hit Lily and put her in the hospital. And Ryle's like, you're the reason that we're not together. And Atlas is like, that's bull fucking shit. Like you say marriage isn't perfect and that you were this perfect husband, but guess what? I will never, ever, 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 ever hurt her. Or put her in the hospital unless it's to have a baby. It's the only way I'm putting her that bitch in that hospital. I just love it. Like, I'm just like, no. So, Ryle kind of just, like, accepts it, but he's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And he leaves. Mm-hmm. So, Atlas call, or goes to see Lily and tells her everything that happened. And mm-hmm. she notices his lip because he got punched in the face. And Lily's like, fuck. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. 
So they're taking the girls' pictures for their first birthday. They're having the first birthday party, I believe. I think so. I think. I don't know. And Ryle was there, and he asked what the lawyer said, but she just brushed him off. She's like, I'll text you. Because um, she's smart and has to document everything. Yep. And Elisa pulls her way into the bedroom and asks kind of what was going on. Then she asked how Lily and Atlas were. And so she offers to watch Emmy. So Lily goes to <clears throat> Atlas's house. And Atlas gets in the shower and Lily watches him. And he pulls her in and they just go. And he's like, how long do I have to wait to propose? <coughs> and he's like, she's like six months. No, to move in. Mm-hmm. And then to propose as a year. And he's like, okay, I got this. Like, watch, bitch. <laughs> um, so they were talking as his mother showed up and said that she had a caseworker. I hate his mom. I do, too. Um, and she said that they're not opening a case, but she will file against Atlas if she didn't, if he didn't let Josh come back. Mm-hmm. The only reason she wants Josh back is I, and I don't know if it says it in the book, is because he's pretty much her meal ticket. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yep. So Josh, Brad pulls up with Josh and Theo and sold it. Sutton is telling her to get in, telling Josh to get in her car. And Alice is like, no, come inside. Like, you're not going with her. And he threatened to have, she threatened to have Alice arrested. And he's just pretty much like, he's like, go for go it. Go for it, dude. Yeah. Like, I already got a case started against you. Mm-hmm. So Josh comes inside and Lily is shocked that all of this had just happened. And that this is his mom. Like, she mm-hmm. had heard so much about her. And this is the first time she's seeing her bitchiness in action. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lily makes, well, when they get inside, Atlas is fuming. Mm-hmm. Josh had already went to his room because he's trying to get away from the situation. Atlas is pissed and he's like, I need a minute. So he goes in his room. She was about to leave after breakfast. And so she decides, you know what? I'm going to make breakfast for both of them. Mm-hmm. So she makes breakfast and goes and gets Josh. And Josh starts asking her questions about Lily and Atlas's background. And they sit down. And <laughs> when they come out or when Josh takes his first bite, he goes, Atlas usually cooks a lot better than this. <laughs> and Lily's like, I-, I made it. And he's like, oh, shit. Sorry. It's really good. <laughs> I love this whole scene with them. And then so Atlas comes out and he joins them and they have breakfast together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he asks Josh if they want to go or so. No, let me backtrack a little bit. Josh is like, nobody's trying to help me. Like no one's actively looking for my father. Like that's who I want to live with. So Josh excuses. Nope. Atlas excuses himself and he comes back and he says, hey, I found his address. And so he's like, do you want to take a trip? And Josh is like, yes. Mm-hmm. So Lily's like, I got to go. And they say that I love you. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. This, I just love them. It's so heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hate these type. I love these type of books because I'm such a hopeless romantic, but I fucking hate them because I just want it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So they go on a three hour drive and find Tim's house. And they sit outside for quite a little bit and like Josh, because Atlas is on Josh's time right now. He is allowing him to feel his emotions and process them and decide what he wants to do. Um, But Atlas is also scared because he hasn't seen Tim in years and doesn't know what this reaction could be because Atlas's father with him was the same as Tim and Josh. Mm Their dads never came looking for them. They knew damn well how to find them. They have the resources to do it, but they've never done it. Mm -hmm. And so Josh then asked Alice about his scars, which if you remember from the first one, there's like cigarette burns and stuff on his arms. 
and Atlas does not lie to him. And I think in these situations, it's very important to understand a kid is smarter than you think they are and not to lie. Mm -hmm. I think the longer you withhold the truth from a child, meaning where they can understand, I'm not saying say this to a six-year-old because they're not going to understand it. But being honest with them is going to teach them about the situation. They're smarter than you give them credit for. Mm-hmm. It's and a they, learning experience. Mm-hmm. And if you withhold it, they're going to press harder to be with that person that hurt you, even though you know that's the wrong choice for them. And so I love that Atlas was honest with him and told him that Tim did give them to him. Mm-hmm. And Josh asked after that why he should get another chance if he treated Atlas like this. And while they're talking, Tim comes outside with a beer can in his hand and just getting in the cab of his truck. And he just looks fragile. And severe alcoholism will do that to you. Years of it can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. Um, and Atlas finally told him how he felt about his own father and kind of said, like, he would fantasize about having his dad this big reunion with him and just everything. And that he never looked for Atlas the same as Tim didn't do with Josh. And he tells Atlas he doesn't want to do it to take him home. Mm-hmm. And that the family tree for his ancestry paperwork didn't need to be that big. And I just, I cried at the scene. I was bawling at the scene. And he asked Atlas if he could flip off his dad. And he's like, <laughs> be my guest. Do Absolutely. it. So he rolls his window down and Atlas is honking to get his attention. And Josh is flipping him off and he yelled asshole. And I loved it because then Atlas is like, it's asshole, not this way to say it. It was just, it, it just was perfect. Like a good overall scene. It was like, ugh. Yeah. So this book is dual point of view. I don't think we ever mentioned that. So it goes between Atlas and Lily. So we're back on Lily. <laughs> Lily was packing Emmy's stuff up um, where she's going to see Riley. And Elisa had told her that it was time to have a serious talk with Riley. So it's kind of like an intervention. Mm-hmm. Like, So At- or Atlas shows up and explained that Josh is still with him, but he wanted a drive-by hug. I love the drive-by hugs. <laughs> God damn too. it. So Lily's super stoked that Josh like realized that Tim is a piece of shit and that he wants to stay with Atlas. That was a huge thing that she mm-hmm. was really worried about. So as he's hugging her, she's holding Emmy and Emmy puts her little arms out because she wants Atlas. And I, I was like, it. oh my God, I'm not okay. And she snuggles into him and Lily's just like bursting with love. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I can't handle this. It's so cute. So Atlas explains that he's meeting with Sutton, which is his mom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep saying that. And Lily explained that she's going to Elisa's to have a sit down with Ryle. So they're both doing these big things mm-hmm. that they need to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So Lily goes to Elisa's mm-hmm. and she guides everybody into the table. And Lily says that she spoke with her lawyer and she has some suggestions. And Ryle's like, I'm not fucking sitting down on Elisa. And Marshall are like, well, Marshall's not in there yet. But yeah. Elisa's like, sit your ass down. You are listening to this. I love it. And he's just like, you can just see the defiance in his face. He's like, I just want to fucking punch both these people. But he sits down. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that he has to do anger management. Mm-hmm. And that his visits are to be supervised with Elisa or another family member that she trusts. Mm-hmm. And they will decide when he can start having um sorry my phone's going off um unsupervised visits Mm -hmm. but until then it's with both the girls riley and emmy Mm -hmm. and elisa's on her side she's Mm -hmm. like i'm sorry but i don't trust you around my daughter by yourself either Mm -hmm. like sorry and so marshall walks in and ryle's like you're in on this too and marshall's like yeah dude like what you did was fucked up and i'm gonna protect my girls with Mm -hmm. everything that i can 
So Lily tells him from this day forward, if he hurts her or threatens her, she will sell everything, fight him in court. And Elisa said that she will be right next to her helping her. Like she doesn't care how much money it costs. She will sell everything she owns to get custody of Emmy. So Ryle gets up. He agrees very reluctantly and walks into the kitchen. And Lily is just like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. I love the support the support system in this i just i'm fucking cheering it on yeah i'm so excited for her and i'm excited that lisa and marshall are such amazing people this Mm -hmm. it just made the story that much more sentimental her life is literally doing a 180 and i'm here for it (laughs) i love it so we go back to atlas and he has the mom his mom meet him at the restaurant he does that's the territory where it's going to happen and he asked her if she knew anything of his favorites and what josh likes and she can't answer jack shit at all and he wants to give her the opportunity to be a better mother she he wants her to sign the rights away of josh to him that he's required every two she should be there every tuesday at the restaurant to have dinner and to do certain things to be a mom he doesn't want her to disappear but he wants josh to get what he deserves mm-hmm. of having a consistent mother. Mm-hmm. She cries um, and she just asks the time. That's all she said. Yeah, she doesn't fight. And the reason he did it at the restaurant when no one was there is because she thrives for yeah. that attention. So mm-hmm. when there's other people around, she is going to make a scene. So if it's just them two, then there's no one to make a scene around. And so that's mm-hmm. how he knew he was going to be able to get her approval, mm-hmm. which he does get. Mm-hmm. So Lily finds a note from Atlas. It's been six months since they started dating and their first kiss when she took care of him. I I know, like when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. So during that time, he was thinking about love whenever she was taking care of him. Mm -hmm. And now he felt like he truly loved her. And when he started to kiss her on that spot on her neck and shoulder for the first time, it was him silently saying that he loved her. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to come out and say it. And it was like bursting at the seams for him to do it. So every time he felt that urge, he would kiss her there. And Mm -hmm. that was his way of telling her, I love you. Mm -hmm. Because he had never experienced the care and the love that she was giving Mm -hmm. to him in that moment when he was sick as fuck, if you guys remember from the first book. Mm -hmm. Um... And after he tells her this, he asks her to move in with him. I love it. And she is like, okay. Yes. I I can totally do that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, So Josh is in baseball. His mom hasn't showed up to any of his games. He did get custody of Josh. Lily and Emerson moved in with him. And while they're moving Lily, Ryle and Marshall pull up. He's such a child. I know. So Marshall gets out and introduces himself to Atlas. Because Lily's upstairs. Mm -hmm. And Emmy is grabbing for Atlas. And it's (laughs) so cute. She loves him. Like, babies can feel the genuine energy. And Mm -hmm. if you do that, it's just like... Mm-hmm. You're a good, like you're a good soul. If a baby loves you, you're a good soul. Mm-hmm. I guess I have a good soul because all babies love me. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I'm too straightforward. I'm awkward with babies. If it, <laughs> it depends on whose kid it is. Like if it was your kid, I would be fine. Mm-hmm. If it was like a random person, I would have been like, okay, because people have different parents. How you are with people's kids is yeah. hard. 
but sorry no you're fine that's what that's I'm, how I'm at go. the office if there's a baby crying I'm right there I'm like hi see do you want to be friends <laughs> I want to do that but at the same point I get nervous because I'm scared of their reaction yeah that's what's hard for me is if I went to hold a baby and they're like get the fuck away from my child it like, like hurts your feelings yeah <laughs> okay I promise I can hold their head <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, so, and Marshall's really excited that she is with Atlas. Like he pretty much just says like, thank you for taking mm-hmm. care of her. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Ryle doesn't get out of the car either. He's no, just like, but that's a big step. I feel like for Ryle, cause he's yeah avoiding the confrontation when he usually is. he'd be like dead center of it. So, I mean, that's better than fighting alternative. Yeah. I agree. I just hate Ryle. So mine is like, you're a fucking pussy bitch. Get over your shit. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Corey, it's not nice. <laughs> okay, so Josh and Theo watched Finding Nemo for the first time with Lily, mm-hmm. and they are discussing why Atlas said that they had finally reached the shore, because that was one of the lines that Atlas had said, mm-hmm. um, and one that Theo constantly made fun of him for. He's I like, that's it. how you got her. <laughs> what did he say? The fish to my beach or something yeah, like something that? like that, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, oh. And... So they're kind of discussing it and they're like, oh, I get it because you don't have to just keep swimming. You finally reach the shore. Mm-hmm. And so Theo, um, Josh was like, hey, let's hang out. And Theo's like, oh, I can't. And he was like being all weird about it. And Josh is like, why? He's like, well, I'm going to the pride parade. And Josh is like, okay. Like what time? Let's yeah, go. Let's go. And I Theo's, loved it. I know. Theo's like kind of shocked. And he's like, bro, I've yeah. known for a while. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's not weird to have a gay guy and a straight guy be friends. Right. And Theo's just like, oh my gosh. Okay. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> this is pretty cool. And so Lily's mom shows up um, with Lily and she tells her that she does remember Atlas from before. Because Lily had not, up until this point, told her that it was Atlas from yeah. her room mm-hmm. when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, it's an odd name. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember him. And it was just like, oh, okay. So she told her that she's coming home one day and found them asleep together on the couch. And before she could yell at them for like what the fuck they were doing he just got up and hugged her mom and just left i i know because it when you're in those situations you don't have the sincerity from most people you don't have that comfort and Mm -hmm. atlas knew what was going on obviously and knew she needed a hug and i yeah and she could make somebody's world yeah and she was so shocked she was just like and then she could be mad at him yeah like and so i just feel like that gives you like a Base, basic like instinct of that person at such a young age mm-hmm. too so when if your daughter ended up with him like that would make me feel so good mm-hmm. like knowing that he is just a genuine person and has been for a long ass time mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. and then we end the book off with lily and atlas getting married and we get to read atlas's vows which i was a little disappointed in i was too i i have read a lot of um reviews on this book and she they felt like they she one rushed the ending but two the vows were not they took what about like divorce (laughs) yeah and i understand the way she did it like saying to statistically like if they were to ever not be together he's happy he got it with her Mm -hmm. and it was so cute like i don't have anything negative to say about it 
but I I can't say I completely was 100% happy with this ending. If someone, like, if I got married and they were talking about divorce and their vows, I'd be like, whoa, bro, we haven't even fucking said I do yet. Like, chill. Like, (laughs) it'd make me feel a little bit off-put. Yeah, like, should we be getting married? Like, is that what's in your brain? Is that we are heading for a divorce already? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we know Lily and Atlas are going long-term. They're going to be the forever, but fuck. Yeah, it was was a little weird. But, I mean, it was cute. The ending of this book made me tear up a ton, and then every time I'd, like, start to feel the emotions and they were going to tip one of the kids would be like mom and I'm like shh you're ruining my emotions <laughs> I was doing my walking for 75 hard and I was on the track and I'm just sitting there and I'm <laughs> I had all the emotions I'm laughing I have tears going down my face in the fucking freezing cold and I'm just like this is horrendous right if now someone I'm looked like, at the track it's just, is she okay does she, she need help she's laughing but she's crying <laughs> is she psychotic do we need Should to we put her in cops? padded walls probably <laughs> probably after this book so overall I think these are my opinion I love these two books mm-hmm. were they fucking hard for me to read 100% yeah but they have a very good depiction of true life mm-hmm. of what situations can bring you in life how it is to be in an abusive relationship and open your mind to that you have to have an open mind mm-hmm. to understand it though if you're close minded you're just gonna think you're a dumb bitch for fucking staying but the reality is people think like that mm-hmm. so I loved it I did too I think that it is totally recommendable and I don't know if I'll ever read it again just because it was an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I didn't absolutely love it and I think that everybody should at least read this series one time I agree with you on that I personally agree that I will never read these again. <laughs> I don't know if I mentally and emotionally can handle these again. Yeah. Maybe in another 10 years after it failed <laughs> more because there's always healing stages for this. But I think these books for me will always be a trigger. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to say because I truthfully love Colleen Hoover. This book got really hyped up on TikTok and people are saying it's not worth the hype. But I it think is. it was, yeah. I not for the spice that no. she is not a smutty author Mm-mm. whatsoever. Nothing of hers is a chirp chirp. Yeah, you know, you might have a little. It's like, like oh, stands gone. Yeah, <laughs> that. So, I think you should read it, and I'm. We are on the same page with yeah. this for sure. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? Atlas. Jesus Christ, that man is just so kind and sweet, I know. and he makes me cry. Ugly cry. Here we go. Um, I agree. Atlas. I also still am in love with Lily. Yeah. The fact. The strength that she shows. Like, good for you, girlfriend. Like, first you showed your strength of leaving because to leave an abusive situation is. Situation. Situation is (laughs) rough. Yeah. It it takes an immense amount of strength and courage. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. It does. And kudos to any single person who has gone through this. Mm-hmm. 100%. Good for you. Yep. And I'm proud of you because I'm proud of myself for doing it. Yeah. And to know the, the proudness. Sorry, the that? pride. Yeah. That I have in myself. <laughs> is 100% worth getting out. Yeah. 100%. Your life will be different. You'll turn a new leaf and you will be so much better off. Yep. Smutty is seen. The first sex scene? Yeah. It wasn't very smutty, but... Mm. Chirp level? 
one to two. Like, yeah, um, yeah two. Yeah, I think it didn't mine. really get me tripping though. No, I would say like maybe a 1.5 at best. Yeah. Like, Colleen Hoover is amazing author, an amazing author. She truthfully knows how to capture you in the story. But if you are looking for that, shut up. Thank you. <laughs> and wanting the chirp, the high chirp of the smut, don't read her. Go to Penn or Tate or yeah. mm-hmm. um, H.G. Carlton. That's dark, though. Check your chirp warnings on that. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you want a good, in nowadays, Nicholas Sparks love story, I would say read her. Yeah. Just don't expect the smut. She is not smutty. No. Um, we do want to provide the domestic violence hotline for everybody. If you or somebody you know who is experiencing domestic violence, please do not hesitate to call if you feel like you can't talk to your family members. The phone number for this is 800-799-7233. And this book didn't touch on suicide, but the book before did. So we are still going to um, give out the suicide hotline. If you're having dark thoughts, um, any thoughts about committing suicide, your life is worth it. It is worth it. The phone number for the suicide hotline is 800-273-8255, or you can text 988. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So we're going to be releasing our episodes bi-weekly. We'll keep you updated for upcoming episodes on our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So please give us a follow at smutsluts.bookpodcast. And we're doing another change. <laughs> we're, we are struggle busting really hard the last episodes. The MK series really fucked us. Uh-huh. It just was, we're restructuring. We are changing and we're trying to just find something to get us in a lighthearted mood. So we were going to be doing Credence by Penelope Douglas, which we still are. That'll be the first of the year. That is going to be our first episode of the year. Yes. But next time we are going to be doing something different. We're not going to be doing book reviews. We're going to be doing our five top chirps of the year. It might be six because we both had a boop during this episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard because there are so many books that you chirp in. Like, fuck. How do do you narrow it down to five? Next episode is going to be all about the smut, sex, and orgasms. So bring your uh, paper towels and your vibrators and be prepared. Yeah. Is what we're saying. Let's let's talk sex. Double penetration. Sex, baby. Let's talk about sex, baby. All right. All right. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you want to watch us interact while we record our episode. You can see me stick a straw up my nose. Um, sex, sex. You, can, you can subscribe to our channel at Smut Sluts Period Book Podcast, all one word. And thank you guys so much for listening. Keep it kinky, Smut Sluts. We'll see you next time.